What's up, guys? Welcome to Triple Threat Talks. Today is True Crime Tuesday, and my name is Jen. I'm going to be one of the co-hosts tonight. True Crime Tuesday is brought to you every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am your co-host, Chris, bringing you a very unfortunate, unsolved, open investigation, the case of Lauren Smith Fields. <gasps> you're doing this case yeah i, I didn't not. know y'all i couldn't not do this case because it grinds my gears i think it's infuriating everything that has happened so far if you're watching you probably know about this case and thank god that you do because it didn't get the media coverage it should have but it did get i think a, a, not even enough it did get some so you probably do know of her uh but she's we're not trying to justice. bring more we're yeah, trying to bring more justice. coverage she needs justice. I can't sleep at night over this case. I swear to God, no. I can't. Like, it's just infuriating. So I wanted to bring more to the table with her, tell you her story, keep you up to date. There were a few things that happened today. I'll tell you about it later. It's still kind of a slap in the face because it's still not justifiable. Still doesn't take back what's been done. So let me tell you the story of Lauren Smith Fields. Please wait. Yeah. I have a question. Go for there it. was there was things that happened today on this case. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't remember exactly the timeline, but didn't this happen December ish? Yes. Um, December twelfth. I do want to give you guys a trigger warning. It's True Crime Tuesday. We're going to be talking about true crime. Usually, that includes the topic of death. Uh, we are, are we are going to be discussing the potential for murder. We are going to be discussing potential substance use, substance abuse. We are even going to be kind of bringing up the topic of SA. So if any of that is triggering for you, I do want to give you a discretionary warning. Maybe yes. you don't want to watch this video. Everything is alleged because this is an open investigation. Uh, there, it's ongoing. You know, so what we talk about tonight could be proven entirely false tomorrow. Everything could change. It's a day by day thing. So take everything that we're saying, you know, kind of with a grain of salt. My opinions are going to be strong. I don't want you to send to any hate to anyone in this video. Um, I just want you to know that opinions are opinions. Opinions are not fact. We are allowed to have them. And please just keep all of this in mind as we go through the video, because this is controversial and it will strike a nerve with you if you are a sane person. <laughs> I just can't wait to hear all of the backstory behind this because I was mm -hmm. not able to fully dig as deep as I would want to. Definitely was not Gabby Petito type coverage. I would no. say this case got like a pocket of coverage. Um, Honestly, before we even dive in, a huge thank you to TikTok because they play a huge role in this case. Mm -hmm. uh, they really got the word out with Lauren Smith Fields to at least attempt to get people to listen to her story. Justice has not been served, but her story is now much more well known than it was, you know, Prior. I would say right after it happened, for sure. Right. There was always the potential that she got no media coverage. And we'll get into all of that here in just a little bit. So let's hear about her. 
Lauren had three brothers, a brother named Kyle, and then two other brothers, Lakeem and Tavar. I love their names. Their names they're, are beautiful. I know. They're not common names, I guess. No. And that, that attracts me. I know. It all just kind of vibes, you know, just perfect, really. Right. Speaking of perfect, I know nobody's perfect, but in all honesty, in what I have read about Lauren's relationship with her family and watching interviews with her family um, and doing the research that I've done, it really seems like Lauren was about as close with her family as anybody could be. She had a very good relationship with her siblings. She had an extremely strong relationship with her parents. And it seems like she spoke to them pretty much every single day. And they were just kind of that perfect friendship family. I mean, I can relate to that. I'm always Mm -hmm. in a group chat talking to my family every single day, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it seems like they had. They just had that everyday contact that constantly knowing what's going on with Mm -hmm. the other person. Lauren is described by her family as having been a very happy, loving, friendly child. She was an amazing athlete as well in high school. She was a star athlete on the track team. She also had that entrepreneurial spirit as well. And she started her own business to help pay for college expenses while she was in high school. Right. Stop. I know. Wow. Yeah. What high school student thinks about these types of things? I didn't. Someone with ambition, you know. Yeah. Someone with really good parents too. Someone someone who had a lot of guidance with parents who had a lot of knowledge and really taught her about finances too. It seems like she was very well guided in her life. For um, sure. By her family too. So that's what just makes this even more upsetting as we go on in the story. The sky's the limit. It really is. Yep. And she really wanted to go to college. She wanted to become a physical therapist and had big plans on finishing a physical therapy program locally while running her business to try to help make ends meet through that. Um, Lauren's family describes her as loving her life. She loved fashion. She loved social media. She loved everything about being the 23-year-old girl that she was. She started a YouTube channel where she did hair tutorials, vlogging and blogging about her life, story times. I think she had big plans to continue her YouTube. She was a natural at that. I have to say, I watched several of her, I watched all of her videos. She really didn't have a ton out yet, but I watched all of her videos and she was a natural behind the camera. She loved what she was doing. You could just tell she was just vibrant, full of life, fiery energy, just a beautiful, genuine person with a lot ahead of her. She seems like she would vibe so well with us. She She loved all the things that we love. Like many others, 23 years old, trying to get the best out of life, trying to experience everything life has to offer. Lauren wanted a partner. She wanted somebody to experience life with. So she began, you know, going on the dating scene and she joined the popular dating app Bumble. And that is where she met a 37 year old man, Matthew LaFountain. Really, from this point forward, a big chunk of the story is going to be Matthew's recount of what happened, Uh, and we can only take him at his word. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah. As we segue into discussing Matthew LaFountain, I just 
did want to pull up a picture for those of you who may not be familiar with this case of what Lauren and Matthew looked like. And I'm going to leave them up as we kind of continue on in this story of what happened upon their meeting one another. Yes. Well, she mm -hmm. is so pretty. Unbelievably beautiful. And, and there's way more to the exterior. All that you said yeah. about what's inside, mm -hmm. like unreal. But I don't know, Matthew. Out of his league. Yes. So Matthew LaFountain, pictured there on your left, 37-year-old Connecticut man. He is a design engineer who met Lauren on Bumble on December 8th, 2021. Mm -hmm. Just a few days later. Yeah. So they met December 8th, 2021. They had a quick connection. They had fast conversation and they decided that they wanted to meet and they settled on a date of December 11th, 2021. I do want to mention um, before I discuss the details later is one thing that Matthew stated happened before they actually met on December 11th is he stated that Lauren asked him for $40 to get her nails done. Now there's no documentation or proof that I could find that he actually gave her this money. And I am telling you this now because later I feel this plays a huge factor in questioning Matthew. So Matthew and Lauren have their first date and it is at Lauren's house where they decided to meet there, have some drinks, watch some movies and just have a great night. So Matthew arrives at Lauren's apartment and he reports that they started drinking tequila. They started just talking to each other, trying to get to know each other. And the tequila got a little out of control and eventually Lauren got sick at some point in the earlier part of their meeting each other. He claimed wow. she went to the restroom. Yeah. Went to the restroom, started vomiting. She was gone for a little bit and then came back out, was seemingly fine. And they just continue on their night, drinking tequila, watching movies, just getting to know each other and everything was okay. So she continued to drink after he said she got sick. That's what he claims. And she was fine. Right. Yeah. Okay. He said she got sick. She was gone for like 15 minutes sick. And then she came back out and she was like, I'm good. All is well. Let's continue. I feel like I just keep trying to put myself in her shoes sort of thing or like what I would do. And I mean, if you're drinking and having a good time, like who knows what you'll do, but I do know what I would do. And I'd probably be like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to keep drinking or if I was like, no, I'm going to keep drinking. Then I would expect somebody to be like, let's not drink anymore. Yeah. Let's have some waters. Yeah. I'm just going to pre-check this. What I'm about to tell you as another thing that I found odd. Okay. He states that as their night continued, she'd already been sick, come out and she was fine. Right. They continue their night when she gets a phone call and says that it's from her brother. She then tells Matthew, I'm going to go downstairs to the parking lot of my apartment and I'm okay. going to meet my brother and I'll be right back. Well, they're so like a goes, close family, right? Very close. Very, very close. I would so totally he, tell my brother to do that. Like, yeah, if I, of course, if, if you like live by me, check, right? Yes. yes like, dude, this guy uh, is coming to my yes. house. 
Yep. I don't know. Please just like check in with me. You yes. know what I mean? Make sure I'm good. And then. Yep. And so that's what he said. Like her brother came, she went downstairs, but here's where it gets odd. Here's where it gets okay. odd. She goes downstairs, gets something from her brother. According to Matthew, he said she got something from him. She comes back upstairs, goes to the bathroom and is gone for like a really long time. And Matthew states that whole interaction with her brother was very weird. Hold on. How what? does he know? Does he know what she got from him? Nope. So how does he know she got something from him? No idea. No idea. Hmm. Um, maybe she told him I have to pick something up. I mean, I kind of feel like that does make sense. Like her saying, hey, I have to get something from my brother because why else would she go down there? You know, well, I wouldn't so be I'm like, like okay. hey, I'm my brother's checking on me because we're just making sure that you're not like some freaking weirdo. Uh, check number two, I think. The $40 for nails, check number one. The brother coming by and him thinking it was weird, number two, right? And the list goes on. Yeah. So he reports that she's in the bathroom for a long time. And then she comes out seemingly fine again. They continue on with their night. They're watching movies. They're hanging out. And she eventually starts to not feel very well. And she mentions this, that she just doesn't feel super good. And she ends up falling asleep on the couch. This is where shit gets fucking weird. I'm just going to be honest. He reports that she falls asleep on the couch. Okay. He picks her up, carries her to her bed, puts her in bed. I just feel like he, that's violated. I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't like people in my bedroom. So he picks her up off the couch, takes her to her bed puts her in her bed and then gets into bed next to her. No. And falls asleep. No. Violating, (laughs) violating, violating. It's weird. Number three, check number three, right? Okay. Uh, Look, if you want to put her in bed, that's fine. Even if you're like, maybe I should stay because she really wasn't feeling that well. Yeah. Fine. Go sleep on the couch. It's weird. I have read some reports where Matthew stated Lauren said, I don't feel good. Can you take care of me? And he said, yeah, sure. I'll stay with you. But like, who's reporting this? Right. It it wasn't, it it really was not very good articles that I read on that. So it wasn't enough to convince me that he actually said that, but I do want to mention it because there were reports that he did mention that Lauren had asked him to stay with her because she didn't feel good. But In most of the reporting, he just says that she fell asleep. It was very obvious she didn't feel well, falls asleep. He picks her up, carries her to her bed, gets in bed next to her, and falls asleep. I have no time for this. I do not know what time it is. And I wish that I did because it's very, very important. And this is where everything gets really fucked up. Oh, my God. December 12th, 6.30 a.m., Bridgeport police department receives a phone call from Matthew LaFountain reporting that his bumble date, Lauren Smith Fields was lying unconscious, lifeless and bleeding from her right nostril. Mm -hmm. From her right nostril. Paramedics show up on scene. um, Very, very unfortunately pronounce her deceased on the scene and they were able to 
conclude that she had been deceased for at least an hour prior to the phone call. One thing that I thought was strange, and that this could just be him being told to do CPR when he called the police, paramedics report that when they arrived, she was lying flat on her back on the floor. Let me tell you something else that's strange, though. This ends up coming out later, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you now, the landlord of Lauren's apartment lived relatively close to her in the complex. And the landlord reported that the morning of December 12th at 5.30 in the morning, there was a knock at the door. But it was so early that the landlord was like, fuck no, I'm not waking up. I'm not answering that. No, I'd be like, it was noted. My door. Yep. Right. But it was noted 530 knock at the door. So they said she was passed away at least an hour. So that would make 530. And then the mm-hmm. 530 would be the time that the landlord said somebody yep. knocked on the door. Okay. That's right. Keep going. Sorry to interrupt. Yep. <laughs> what is that? Check number four. Check mark Check number, number four. four. Red flag yeah. number four. Oop. Yeah, we should get some red flags and wave them. It's suspicious. I'm sorry. I I know it's an open investigation. I know that no one has been charged. It's 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 fucking suspicious. I'm sorry. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Come on. That's just it's uh, it's not giving me good vibes. Bad vibes. Yes. So. Um, medical examiner comes, they take her detectives are there. They take some evidence and, you know, she's taken away to the medical examiner's office office for an autopsy detectives finish their work at the apartment. And this is where I am about to blow your fucking mind. I'm just going to give this to you in a timeline format. Yes. And see how long it takes you to understand what I am actually saying, because this is so fucked up. That I have to let you realize this for yourself. Okay. December 13th, Lauren's mother and brother have not heard from her since the night of the date on December 11th. So they're getting worried. So they're texting her, no response. They're calling her, no answer. So they decide that they are going to go to her apartment. So on December 13th, they show up at her apartment. So she passed away on the 12th, early yep. morning, right? That's so right. So this is the 13th. Yep. Okay. A whole day later. Okay. They show up at her apartment and there's hmm. a note. I'm telling you, this is so fucked up. There's I'm already. A note on the door. It's, it's, it's like disturbing as fuck. There's a note on the door and it says, if you're looking for Lauren, call this number. So the mom is like, okay, goes Ooh. back to the car. You're going to freaking just die. Goes back to the car, calls the number. At the same time, at least from what I've read, this all happened at the same time. The mom is calling the number, which, by the way, was the detectives. Loser ass detectives. At the same time, the landlord comes down and the landlord, of course, knows that she is deceased. They know what happened because they live there. They're there like they knew what happened. So they the come landlord, down. hold on. 
Yeah. So the detective left his number on the door. Yep. If you're looking for on Lauren. Yep. On a note. How on the hell note. is that? Like, if that's how I found out that my kid Bitch. passed away, I'm going to be yes. throwing hands. Are yeah. you so freaking out of your know. mind? They don't even know at this point still. So she's on the phone with what she doesn't know at the time is the detective. Landlord's coming down, coming out. I don't know what proximity they are, but they're coming out. And the landlord is coming out to be like, I'm so sorry. You know, oh my God, I give you my condolences. But what they come out to is Lauren's family going, hey, have you seen Lauren? Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Nope. And so it kind of sounds like this all happened at the same time. I'm not sure. But eventually the detective who left the post-it note on the door answers as well. And that is how Lauren's mother and her brother found out what happened to her 24 hours earlier. I think oh it was more than 24 hours. Oh my gosh, how the hell? No. Yeah. I know. That is like absolutely, that's like animal. Like, I don't even know. Over 24 hours goes by. Lauren has been deceased. Her family, her blood, her next of kin has no idea. Wow. No idea. So what if there was bad weather and that note just psh, flew away oh in God. the wind? Like, on what fucking planet do you not tell somebody's family? Like, who did they tell? Like, who did they tell? Right. They're just going to post it in the news and then have somebody come forward and that's how they're going to find out? Are you freaking kidding me? That is so disrespectful to Mm -hmm. Lauren. So disrespectful and so disrespectful to her family who did nothing to deserve that kind of treatment. This is how it goes down. They're realizing that their daughter, sister, is now gone, right? Someone they had just spoken to two days ago, 23-year-old, perfectly healthy, beautiful, lively person, is now deceased. And of course they have questions. They're like, what, what the fuck happened? What happened to her? And the detectives tell them like roundabout what happened. Oh, she had a date with an older white man and, you know, she got sick. And then the next day he woke up and she was deceased. So they're like, naturally, uh, okay, can we like divulge a little bit more on this older white man? Like, who is it? Like, are you investigating? Like what's going on? There's something super suspicious about this. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. He seems like a nice guy. We're not worried about him. Hold on. This is all within 24 to 48 hours. And they think they have enough to say from the same person that was less... What happened to yeah. the last person seen with them sort of thing? But he's a good guy, so. Uh. He seems like a nice guy. And, of course, her family was like, hell to the no. This is suspicious. What do you mean he's a nice guy? Like, who is he? Like, tell us, who is he? Like, our daughter, our sister is dead. Like, who is this person? And who's she was with a stranger, but don't worry, take my word for it. He's a nice guy, even though yep. I couldn't even call you to tell you that she passed. Well, guess what? 
they not only would not tell them who he was, but they removed his name from the initial police report documents to protect his identity. Hold on. They yep. didn't tell the family his name? Nope. Oh, 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 oh no. This seems like a little bit of, I'm just going to say what I feel. I don't like, I think say I get it, five. Because it's probably true, to be honest. Honestly, it feels like he has like some sort of connects with the police. And <laughs> it sounds like, is he a cop? I don't really know. No. But it sounds like he has some sort of connections and they're trying to protect him. And like, mm-hmm. you're not going to know somebody's a nice guy just from talking to him. Anybody, no. A bullshitter can bullshit a bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like they can bullshit their way through anything. He does have connections. He has mm. connections with the police department. He has fam- familial connections with the police department. Oh, uh, oh my yeah. gosh. So they conceal his identity. They want to protect him. They do not tell Lawrence family his name. All they give them is an older white male was the last person she was seen with. But he seems like a nice guy, you guys. Don't worry. Even though she's dead, nothing to do with it, even though he was the last person to be seen with her. And they fully expect her family to be like, oh, okay. That's a joke. Are you kidding me? Are they, they're not treating her like she's a person, like she has nope. a life, like she has a whole everything. They're not treating her family like they're human beings. No. Like, how can you, as a detective who sees this shit, maybe in Bridgeport, Connecticut, like, right, that's probably not a town where there's like a murder happening all over the place or death happening all over the place. I don't imagine it to be. But you're a detective, like you're trained to be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And that's how you investigate. That's what makes you a detective, right? Right. How could you not sympathize or empathize with Lauren's family in that moment and be like, yeah, it's super suspicious that she's 23 years old, never had any issues, no record, goes on a date with this guy she's never met and comes out of it unalived wow. make it make sense i'm i'm honestly i'm sick to my stomach and it's such a fragile topic because it's still an open investigation and matthew has not been charged with anything and people are afraid to talk about it i don't know if they're afraid that like matthew will come after them legally you know he's already threatened to come after lauren's family legally and i will get into that in a little bit oh yes man Mm-hmm. So did they even like investigate him? Like they questioned him briefly and then they let him go and he just went home the day of. Yeah. They questioned him. Like after he calls, they let him go. Lauren's family. They're there now. It's December 13th. They just find out about her passing. Lauren's mother and brother are there. They now know that she's passed away. They know that an unidentified older white male was with her that she went on a date with him, did not come out of the date alive. They know that detectives went into the house and confiscated her credit cards, her cell phone, her passport, and $1,300 cash. So let's go back to the Wait, $40. I was going to say, so mm-hmm. the $1,300 was Lauren's. Yeah, $1,300. So why would she ask him? I'm going to go back. Yep. Why would she ask him? 
for $40 for her freaking nails if she had $1,300 cash on her. And he said, oh, she asked me for blah, blah, blah. No, Mm -hmm. if if you're going to say she asked me for this, it's a different thing to say I had to give her. So all of her stuff they confiscated. Everything of hers, right? Did they take anything of his? Did they no. take his credit cards? Well, here's the thing. No, they, they, it sounds like they barely even questioned him. Hmm. So of course, like I said, they let him go. He's a nice guy. Uh. And yeah, family is like, okay. Right. So they go inside the apartment and within a few minutes of being in the apartment, they find bloodstained sheets. Wow. Yep. An unidentified pill hmm. and a used condom with bodily fluids still in it. Shut up. Yep. Are you freaking kidding me? They found all of that just within a few so, minutes. So did they do a sample from him and and do a sample did they give this stuff to the police i mean yes so from what i read they called the police and they were like hey you guys missed all of this stuff like can you come confiscate these items like we found this and that and that like why didn't you take that whether or not the police actually took those items after they called i do not know that's one of the frustrating things i don't know that is sick that is right because i think if they did if they did they might have they might have but if they did that should be headlining news of course this case was not really headlining news Mm -mm. you know because it was in the narrative that you know the media thinks is gonna blow up but it's like come on dude like you're going to find, you're going to take all of her shit, but then you're going to leave the bloodstained sheets. That's DNA. You're going to leave the semen in a condom. That's DNA. Yeah. You're going to leave a pill that you could take the pill, drug test both of them. What? That's right. Take the pill and then drug test him, drug test her do yeah. a proper criminal investigation. Treat this like a crime scene, not like the person that passed away is the one that is, you know, the the criminal in the first place. Right. And that's how it was treated. Well, at this point, it's basically like they're just taking Matthew's word for it. Yep. They are just taking all of Lauren's stuff and trying to use it against her without saying okay but like this is a two-sided thing like i said earlier again sounds like he has connects and you said he has connects correct yeah family connects wow with the police yeah so here's the thing i've seen this discussed and i fully agree let's flip the narrative let's make it a young 23 year old white girl Mm-hmm. and an older black man yeah what do you think would have fucking happened if that oh. black man called and was like oh i went on this bubble date with my younger white date and she's dead now that it would have man, been all over oh the my news. god 
he, he would have been, been detained, ridiculed, jailed. he would be in jail right now. Yep. They wouldn't oh, need yeah. any hard evidence because that's what the media wants. And that is why the media is bullshit. And mm -hmm. that is why they say thank you to all these creators coming online that yeah. have no other sort of narrative, no political standpoint pushing behind them. They're just stating the facts of what happened and bringing awareness because the media only likes what's going to give them views. Well, yeah. And the thing about it is I'm pretty sure that it was TikTok who identified him in the first place. Mm -hmm. And if I can figure out who it was, I will try to credit them. Uh, but it was TikTok. I'm pretty sure who found out who he was in the first place. And then that hit the media when people were like, I think I know who this guy is. I think I know who it was. And That's awesome. Right. It's really messed up. And it, I don't know if it was her family who found out who he was because the detectives confiscated her cell phone. So it's not like her family had access to her Bumble account where they could go in and like see who she was chatting with. But they purposefully, you know, protected his identity so that nobody knew who he was because he wasn't a person of interest and they didn't want him receiving any harassment. <laughs> Sounds like they took her cell phone, her passport and all of her belongings that the yep. family would be able to connect it to him. People can Come argue on. this all day long, but if it were a young white girl and an older black man, he would have been proven guilty even if he was innocent. Yeah. Period. We all the, know it. The, the the roles would have been flipped and that would is have been, what is bullshit. Every life deserves the same the coverage. Know, coverage. The justice. Meaning the justice. Mm -hmm. It's bullshit. Yeah. It really is. It's fucked up. Well, I just can't get past like the thought of, you know, I'm a mama. You're a mama. Right? I feel like I I'm getting emotional. I don't, it it okay. is emotional. I have two girls. I, I could not imagine finding out that one of my children in general had passed away and that the detectives knew the last person with them, the last person who saw them alive and said, don't worry about it. They seem like a nice person. I mean, it's I not would tell them to go fuck themselves. It's just, it's unfathomable. Like I and couldn't then, even, how do you even function? Honestly, I have give to give you the name, not even the name, like her family. I have so much respect for them. The composure that they held throughout this entire thing, even up to this point, they never cracked. They never fucking cracked. They're so strong. They know they're going to get justice. They're willing to do anything that they want. They know that this is race related. And I know people argue that and it's become controversial, but they know it's race related. They're a black family. They face oppression every single day. They know that had the roles been reversed, it would have been different. Yep. And they're trying to fight for justice for their daughter. And they're getting fucking nothing from the only people who could help them. Like, I can't. Sick. It's sick. <sighs> yeah. It's I know. It's up. like, it's heavy. It is. It's too much. And the fact that this much time has gone on and we still don't have an answer and I'm not even done yet. The family's not getting any answers. They are like holding vigils. They're doing memorials. They're doing everything that they can to keep her name in the media 
to keep her name alive, to try to get information, you know, just to let people know who she is and what happened and please help us. Eventually, of course, Matthew's identity comes out. That's fine. Now everyone knows who he is. Good. Yeah. Uh, Matthew gets pissed that his identity comes out and is now reportedly threatening legal action against Lauren's family. Right? Right? I swear on everything. Her family is so respectable because of the way they handled this. I respect her family so much Mm -hmm. for holding this kind of composure. Got to change the media presence. Her life has been taken from her so early on with no freaking answers. None. And they're going to say this is okay? It is so not okay. Okay, so January 24th. That is one day, right? After her birthday. Mm-hmm. I her remember birthday. her birthday from the second you said it because it's one, two, three, and I have that tattooed on me. Yep. That's my angel numbers crazy next to a cross. It is actually. And it just resonates with me. I have these weird resignations with um some of these cases, like with the Gabby Petito case, I knew her and I had some sort of connection. And one day I Googled her and it said Gabby Petito born on March 19th, which is my birthday. Wow. So it's just like these weird kind of yeah. connections. So yeah, I just wanted to say that. One, two, three. That is like a, I mean, that is an angel number. One, two, three. My angel numbers. Yeah. And she was, she was an angelic, mm-hmm. beautiful person. And Gabby was an angelic, beautiful person. That is crazy that you have like that connection with both of them. The one, two, three I tattoo. Know. And then the three nineteen birthday. Wow. Yes. On January 24th, they got a phone call. And I don't know if this was like from their lawyers or if it was from the medical examiner or where exactly this call came from, but they did find out that day that her toxicology report had come back and this was really all the answers they had at the time the rest of the autopsy report hadn't been given to them yet but Mm -hmm. she had multiple substances in her system Mm -hmm. she had promethazine alcohol hydroxyzine and fentanyl in her system and they ended up ruling her death accidental wow okay so just off the bat i want to say promethazine, vinegarin. You're going to take that if you're nauseous. I've taken it when I'm nauseous. I've been prescribed it when I was nauseous. You're a nurse practitioner. So you would know the hydroxyzine. Is that not like a antihistamine? Yep. Antihistamine. Yeah. Um, The phenergan, of course, the promethazine makes sense if that, you know, that she would have taken it that night because she was literally vomiting according to Matthew she was vomiting um so maybe she had that prescribed just hypothetically maybe that's why she took that the hydroxazine can also be used for nausea and vomiting it's an antihistamine that has many different uses uh it could be used for nausea vomiting itching anxiety and insomnia um it's it's kind of a sedative medication so it could definitely make you drowsy a lot of people can't take it 
the alcohol. Yeah. So we have three <laughs> answers to all of those. I'd love to know if she would ever prescribed any of those. Yeah. But right. the fentanyl? The fentanyl is very, very odd. I mean, I just feel like if they thought that that was something that she acquired on her own, they would be going way more into investigation about that. Yep. Also, the fact that there was a pill that the family called and said, did the family mm -hmm. say, like, we know she doesn't, like, yes. did they say she doesn't? Yes, take? they have emphatically stated that she was not a substance user, certainly not a substance abuser. That was not Lauren. She was not a person who used substance of any kind. She was just a normal, healthy, sober girl. Like she liked to drink, she liked to have fun and all of that, but she was definitely not addicted to any substance, certainly wouldn't have used fentanyl. And I believe them. And the reason I believe them is because they have known her for 23 years, right? Well, if you genuinely know somebody and you're like, okay, this person's on drugs, yeah. are you gonna call the police and say, hey, you forgot a pill? Like they did when right. pulling stuff from the crime scene. I no. mean, you're not gonna they do that. You're answers. like, oh God, like she was doing her stuff again. So that just shows their credibility yeah. of saying, we talked to her every day. We didn't talk to her for just 24 hours. That's mm -hmm. more than what some families do. And we want to know answers as to why she's not answering us. They show up, get this phone call, and then say, hey, we found a pill. Like, you should come pick it up. What yeah. the hell? What the hell was that pill? Like, we don't even know no if idea. she... I don't even know if they picked it up. I don't even know if they wow. ever confiscated what they found. Oh my gosh, they did like this half-assed job. They're like, we'll just take all of her stuff and go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Crazy. and, you know, Matthew, he stated, and his lawyer stated like, oh, yeah, he's been fully cooperating. And the police department, they were like, yeah, he's been fully cooperating and like, nice guy, whatever, Matthew. And Lauren's family's attorney, great attorney, he is like, no, he has actually been very evasive. He has not been cooperative. That is a lie, period. I mean, he and didn't so, want his name out there. Didn't want his um, name out. He also, I want to see a sample from him to see if his semen sample or the semen sample found there matches yep. his DNA. I want to see all of his last prescribed drugs as well as hers, because some of those could have been hers prescribed to her. Yeah, the promethazine, AKA vinegrin, or the hydroxyzine, any of that could have mm -hmm. been prescribed to her. I know I've been prescribed um, the promethazine before from when I had a viral infection and couldn't stop vomiting like, way how is it fair it's not no it doesn't make any sense no. like it just it really doesn't and I don't have like clear reporting on whether or not he gave a DNA sample willingly I read a report where Lauren's family's lawyer was like nope he sure didn't and he wasn't asked for one and then I read one where he did give one. I never found out what the hell happened to that used condom, though. That was a DNA sample right there. And let's be hypothetical. It's true. It, hypothetically, 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. It could be somebody else's content. She was on Bumble. She was dating. Nothing wrong with that. Could have been a used content from somebody else. But why wouldn't they take it? They don't know that. They don't know whose content it was. Like, hi, you are investigating a fucking death. Like, why would... Take everything. Yeah, like, the thing that blows my mind the most. They walked in, took Matthew at his word, and they were like, not a crime scene. Nothing to see here. Goodbye, Matthew. Thank you so much. This is clearly... Not a crime scene. We're Let's not just put a little anything. post-it note and then the yeah, family will find like, out what at whatever time. This is a human life yep. that we're not treating as such. And we're also not treating her family as such as to giving them the respect of contacting her or yep. her, her, you know, the mother or the father or the brothers or whoever and saying, hello. We have your daughter. Yeah, I mean, when they pulled her driver's license and her passport and looked through her house and they were confiscating items, they had her cell phone. They could very easily open her cell phone, see who she called the most, see who was labeled in there as mom. I highly doubt that her mom was listed in there as Chantel and her dad, you know, was listed in there as Everett. They they knew. They fucking knew. They had a way. They knew. They had a way. They could find out regardless. They had a way and they chose not to do it. The Bridgeport, Connecticut lawmakers have proposed a law that will be voted on on March 9th um, representing Lawrence Mathields and another victim Brenda Lee Rawls now if you don't know who that is let me tell you that is another black woman whose family was not notified of her passing days after and let me tell you how they were notified they found her at the medical examiner's office two days after they pronounced her dead. So what is the law that they're trying to put into place? They're trying to put a law into place, recognizing that next of kin needs to be notified within 24 hours of a person's passing. (laughs) How is that not a law already? I, I, I'm speechless. Like, honestly, I really am. And the lawmakers even stated uh, in the article that I read, they said, you know, it's deeply unsettling that something this simple even requires legislation to pass it. The fact that these responders, these detectives cannot find these people's family member. It's not like you're finding a Jane Doe. They know who the fuck they're finding. They know who the victim is. You can easily find their next of kin. That is not hard. There is no freaking way that they are not able to find out that quickly. No. At all who these people are. Yeah, it's extremely unfair. It is very unjust. I truly hope for Lauren, for Brenda, for everyone who is going through this, the justice is served. Um, I do want to again state just one more time, Matthew LaFountain has not been charged with anything. He is at this point, as far as we know, innocent. While the circumstances surrounding Lauren's death are extremely suspicious, while the circumstances surrounding Lauren's investigation are very infuriating and don't make a lot of sense. 
we have to respect the fact that legally Matthew LaFountain is an innocent man. And I know we expressed our opinions very strongly, but again, our opinions are just that they are opinions. They are not fact. So please do not find Matthew LaFountain. Please do not find any member of his family or any of his friends and send them any hate. Um, let's, let's allow the legal system to do its work. Let's allow karma to do her work and let's allow justice to be served where justice is due. And I certainly, certainly hope that for Lauren's family, justice is served. They deserve answers. Yeah, they do. Lauren deserves justice. For sure. And of course, at the end of every episode, we like to highlight an active missing persons case. And tonight we have for you Katija Rose Britton. She is a Native American female. She is five foot eight, 159 pounds. She was last seen on February 8th. 2018 in Cavallo, California, being held at gunpoint by an ex-boyfriend and forced into a vehicle she has not been seen since. Absolutely heart-wrenching. If yes. you guys have any clue about her whereabouts, if you have any information on Khadijah, please contact 1-800-CALL-FBI. That is 1-800-C-A-L-L-F-B-I. Um, we will be coming at you in just 48 hours with a Conspiracy Theory Thursday, and it will completely blow your mind, Chris. I cannot Ooh, wait. I'm excited. To it. She has no idea what I'm presenting. I usually have no idea what she's presenting. Mm -hmm. So these are all raw reactions, all reality, and we can't wait for you to listen with us, basically. Absolutely. And if you have any comments, concerns, updates, anything to add to the Lauren Smith Fields case that we discussed tonight, and you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment down below. We read each and every one. We respond to as many as we can. And if you are listening on any of the podcast channels, Spotify, Apple, any of the RSS affiliated channels, then please share us to your social media start a conversation. We will be looking there as well. We would love to have a conversation with you about each and every case because every voice and every story deserves to be heard. Exactly. So thank you for joining us tonight and we're out. Bye.